Irene Silber. Often on this podcast, we talk about leadership with the heads of business and nonprofit organizations. Today, a conversation with a senior leader in the federal government. I have the really good fortune of not being professionally afraid. Um, you know, you put me on really big white water or you put me on skis going downhill really fast, I am afraid. Um, but professionally, uh, I am, I, uh, I don't really have fear. Tracy Stone Manning is director of the Bureau of Land Management, the agency that oversees 10% of U.S. land. Managing that land is a balancing act. The Bureau leases land for oil and gas drilling and mining, leases land to ranchers, while at the same time, it protects wilderness. Stone Manning talked with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta about the challenges of leading a government agency, how it's different and how it's not from her previous career in nonprofit and politics. Yeah, you know, young people ask me, um, Tracy, what was your path? How did you create it? And I have, I think I I have a disappointing answer for them, but also a hopeful one, which is to say, yeah, I didn't have a plan. I, um, I just did work that was meaningful to me and engaging. And I started in the conservation space, um, working for nonprofit organizations and led a campaign in uh, the early 2000s around uh, the removal of a dam at a Superfund site at the confluence of two rivers. And uh, that campaign became a real community issue and it bridged a lot of divides. Um, And so uh, a couple years later, our new Senator, uh, Senator John Tester, got a call from his office to say, hey, would you come work for the Senator? He wants to bring people together like you did around Milltown Dam. And um, I sought some counsel and um, somebody who worked for our then senior Senator, Max Baucus said, Tracy, startups don't happen very often in Senate offices. You should say yes. And so in this role, I'm sure that a big part of it uh, is to inspire the, the people in the Bureau to see a bigger picture and to have a sense of purpose for themselves. What do you, when, when they get up in the morning, what do you hope that um, people at the rank and file level are thinking and, and hoping themselves? Well, I hope two things. Um, I hope they wake up and say, I love my job, but I see purpose in my job. So much of the work happens in the field. Um, and I've been out a lot in the last year visiting people in the field and the joy and the pride they take in the work and remarkably um, the uh, the pride and respect they have for each other is, is remarkable. So I, I, I ask, I, I say, hey, what, what keeps you at BLM? Why are you here? And I hear one of two things, typically in this order, uh, the people and the mission. And, um, you know, I know that uh, corporations like are hungry for that, right? That you create space where people want to go to work. So hope Long way of saying, I hope, number one, people wake up and want to go to work uh, because their colleagues are, um, are are good at what they do, and two, that they see the reason for the work. You mentioned uh, a lot of field visits by you to the people doing the work in the field. Um, what do you? How do you go about learning what they're up to, what they're thinking? Uh, do you talk to people one-on-one? Do you meet in small groups? Uh, how, do you, how do you hear from the, uh, from the front lines? Yeah, it goes, it goes two ways. Uh, first, every time I visit a state, we have uh, an all hands meeting that mm-hmm. these days are hybrid, right? There's some people are in the room and some people are uh, on the screen and also hybrid because uh, our field offices are you know, throughout the state, not just in the state office that I'm visiting, for example. 
I typically, you know, tell them a little bit about me. I'm still relatively new. Mm -hmm. They're still getting to know me and then open it up to just a Q&A and answer questions as frankly as I can and say, yeah, I don't know when I don't know. And I think people, um, and, and let me find out more about that. That sounds serious. I think people um, appreciate the fact that I'm uh, frank that way. Um, but some of the best time is I then also say, hey, get me out onto the ground, show me some of the projects that are important to you. Uh, they create a schedule around that. And it's out in the field talking one-on-one. -on -one. It's in the car talking one-on-one. Mm -hmm. -on -one. Um, it's sharing a meal after the end of one of those days where I really begin to hear stories about why people are in the work. And um, the, I like asking, especially in the car when they're out of earshot of their, maybe their direct report. And, uh, and I say, safe space, it's a car. Um, what's the one thing you would change? And have heard some um, pretty interesting answers that are hyper-specific <laughs> in some cases that I try and see if we can change. You know, you just touched on one uh, methodology, I guess, for getting uh, to the heart of things with people, which is often hard to do as a senior leader uh, coming in for just a period of time with people who see themselves as many steps away from you. Uh, is there anything else that you do to uh, to uh, break the ice, uh, create a safe space uh, in order to hear frank views and or just personal views uh, easily? I have, you know, a quarterly all employee town halls, but that's hard, right? There's thousands yep. of people on the screen. I think it's helpful, but it's not it, It's not very um, great for engagement. Yeah. I do respond when people, uh, you know, my, my address is in the global address book for, you know, people can find me who work here. Um, and I respond when they email. Um, sometimes it takes, you know, a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but I respond um, because I figure if they've taken that time, uh, then it's, it's something that's really burning for them. And sometimes I will just pick up the phone and say, please tell me more. And then to not triangulate, I go back and let the management team know, hey, you know, there's, there's this issue and, um, and you should know about it. No, that sounds very effective. And uh, I love that uh, car time uh, element. Car time's the best. Yeah. <laughs> and I think I learned that working for first the senator and then Governor Bullock in Montana, that that time between towns is very relaxed and uh, it's where people can be really free with each other. Uh, another aspect of leadership uh, for you, you personally, what do you see as your, uh, your, your personal leadership strengths? And also what are the areas that are not your strengths? Cause that's always interesting too. It's usually if self-awareness in that area often helps you decide who you should have around you. Yeah. Uh, I think one of my strengths is I'm a, a empathetic leader. I listen. Mm -hmm. Um, I ask questions, uh, um, and I ask them, some people ask questions when they know the answer and they're testing. I ask questions when I need to, need to know the answer. Mm -hmm. And I think people can see that and hear that. I, I carry compassion in my leadership. I recognize over and over that people are, uh, humans first who have individual personalities and families and lives outside of work. Um, and, you know, especially now coming off of a pandemic coming off of real political turmoil, um, perhaps still in political turmoil in our country to carry compassion and to, because we don't know what our employees are themselves carrying. We don't know if they just lost a parent to COVID. We don't, you know, we don't know a lot of things um, and we don't know if they're frightened for their children. And so when those things are out there and we don't know about a person, it's, we just need to understand why they might be a little off that day. Um, 
And so I think that's just a, a, an important thing to model. I think decency is a really important thing to model, especially in today's political environment. I had somebody say to me, I can't believe you thanked me for that. Like, oh, that's a low bar. Um, you know, decency really matters. And, uh, and, and our culture is moving away from it. And I think it's incumbent upon leaders, no matter where they are in the political space or not, to insist on it. And how about the areas where you are uh, relying on other people for certain leadership capabilities because you recognize they're not your home base? Yeah, I, um, I am not, I, am, I have fired plenty of people in my life. Um, I'm not very good at it. Um, and uh, because I, uh, um, I think it's probably because of the compassion part. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, it's something I try not to, to foist off on others because I know I'm bad on it. But I need others to tell me, um, you know, it's time, mm -hmm. and uh, or or just really frank feedback conversations that um, some people need that really really frank feedback, and um, I I'm fine taking frank feedback. I'm bad at giving it, and uh, and every time I do give it and and see that it actually is helpful, I I learn a little more. Mm -hmm. I'm going to keep learning about that one, I think, until I'm in my grave. Yeah. A friend of mine is uh, leads a, a, a an important lab at, at Harvard, and uh, we were talking about hiring of people, and he said, uh, I'm really actually terrible at that. I have to, I found out that I am really a bad judge of who should work in our lab, so I delegate that to others, and they come to me with the final candidates, but I don't choose who it is going to be the final candidate, and he said that's worked out terrifically ever since I started that process, but are you a good hirer, or do you need other people to help you figure it out? I'm a good hirer um, uh, because I realized early on I don't like firing people. So you right. see the front end, right? <laughs> um, it really helps. Uh, and I, I think I'm a good hirer because I, um, I have a fairly good gut about mm -hmm. people um, and their fits. And I also have an understanding of the culture around me and what the gaps are in that culture. Early on in my career uh, at a small nonprofit, I intentionally built a really um, diverse background culture, where it was just super fun to watch the PhD um, uh, talk across the table to the MBA and the lawyer. And they all sat in such different places that what we really got to much better outcomes. Uh, and I could have just hired a bunch of environmental studies uh, students, right? And, um, and the decision-making wouldn't have been nearly as good. And uh, what are the qualities that you look for in people aside from the capabilities? In other words, uh, the technical capabilities may be one thing, but the uh, personal qualities. Uh, back to decency, uh, mm -hmm. people who are decent, people who are kind, um, emotional intelligence is really important, um, I think, to the workplace. Um, and then sometimes people literally don't have that because they, um, you know, they were not born that way. And uh, if I hire for it, if I hire it regardless, I, I build around it to, to ensure that um, that kind of really bluntness doesn't um, throw off the team. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, just one last uh, question area uh, that I thought we could look at, which is that you've um, experienced uh, the private sector, you've experienced nonprofits, now you're experiencing uh, uh, leadership of a uh, 
very large federal entity. Um, what do you see as the uh, most important leadership capability for yourself as you either that you've developed or that has been a constant through your period? And I guess I'm thinking of things, uh, not only the empathy element, but the how to get stuff done element. Yeah, I have the really good fortune of not being professionally afraid. Um, you know, you put me on really big white water or you put me on skis going downhill really fast and I am afraid, um, but professionally, I don't really have fear. And I think that that has helped me in my career so that I can say, no, really, we can get that done in three years and here's how we're gonna do it. I am not afraid to set big goals and invite people to fall in love with that goal and then have people see themselves vital to achieving that goal. That was the director of the Bureau of Land Management, Tracy Stone Manning, speaking with the Vanguard Network's Ken Banta. This podcast is just one of the benefits of joining the Vanguard Network, which organizes events, publishes content, and connects C-suite leaders. Our mission is building high-performance leadership. If you'd like more information about us, please visit our website at thevanguardnetwork.com. I'm Irene Silber. Thanks for listening.